Good morning. Again, it's just awesome to be here this morning uh, to celebrate uh, our fathers and to praise our Lord. Um, again, I told you that I've heard so many stories about the great men in this church, and we still have great men in this church, but there's some of them that I really wish I'd go back in time and meet. Um, in the same way, I wish we could go back in time and a lot of y'all could meet my father. Man, he was, uh, he was a character. He taught me so much. He was a smart aleck. He had a good sense of humor. He was short and fat. Oh, wait. <laughs> Just a little sarcasm that, that he used that, uh, that um, I remember pretty well and um, again, I can't, I, I can't begin to tell you all the stories that, that I can tell you just on the things that he taught me, but I can tell you that he did have, he was my biggest encourager. He was my biggest supporter. Um, he had wise sayings like, we, we grew up in a neighborhood that we played a lot of baseball. Man, we played baseball all the time. And we didn't have the best facilities and Every now and then you get a gravel that a ground ball would hit and, and hit you in the eye. And uh, I, I spent a lot of my spring and summers with at least one black eye. And, and I'll never forget, he, was, uh, he didn't have a medical background, but he, he always gave a lot of advice. He would look at you and, and have this real concerned look on you and then just look and say, man, that's really going to feel good when it quits hurting. And, and get up and play, you know, and that's kind of, the, kind of what we, we did. But again, he was just a little bit sarcastic. Uh, but I love him. I miss him uh, every day. But he, he didn't teach for a living, but he was a great teacher. Um, again, he coached uh, baseball for several years and actually uh, taught a lot of young men a lot of lessons. So I'm so thankful for him and for all of our, our fathers who have gone on. Uh, this morning, um, the sermon is titled, A Man After God's Own Heart. We're going to talk about David a little bit, and I'm going to start by reading Scripture from 1 Samuel chapter 13, verses 13 and 14. You have done foolishly. You have not kept the commandment of the Lord your God, which he commanded you to. The Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. Your kingdom will not continue. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart, and the Lord has appointed him to be ruler over his people because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. And this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for that, that word. Lord, I just... Um, Again, thank you for, uh, for all the men who have influenced my lives, Lord, just, or my life, Lord. I just thank you. And, and, and I pray that um, as we go through this lesson, Lord, that each person here and each person listening online receives the message and the blessing that you intend for them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Man dad was my biggest encourager. 
he also uh, was, he could, let's just say we played a lot of golf together, and some of my best rounds of golf was played with him when he was on my team or when he was encouraging me. He, and, and then if we were uh, competing with each other, some of my worst rounds of golf were played with him because the same way he could encourage, he could get to me because I really wanted to please my dad. I really wanted to please my dad. And the thing about it is, he would let me know when I did. Whether it be in sports or whether it be we worked together for a long time, he would let me know if I did something right. Again, he encouraged me, and I appreciate that. But can you imagine, can you imagine being described as much as I want to, or wanted to, just to make my dad happy and, and wanted to hear those encouraging words from him and how grateful I was when I got him. Can you imagine if God, our Heavenly Father, called you a man after his own heart or a woman after his own heart? I can't think of a more encouragement or a more of a compliment than those words. And this morning, that's what we're going to look at. I'm going to look at David and how he loved the Word of God, how he loved to pray, how he loved to praise the Lord, how he loved unity, and how he despised false teachings. And I'm going to relate that and tell you that David was not a perfect man. You all that have read about David, you know that he made mistakes. David was a great man. God called him a man after his own heart, but he made mistakes. But I'm going to kind of compare his attributes to those of Christ, who was perfect, who is perfect. And then I want us to reflect on our own lives as we go through this uh, message. You see, in Acts chapter 13, Paul, in his sermon to Antioch, he briefly recounts the history of Israel. And he says in Acts 22, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, who will... Do all my will. Again, can you imagine those words being described from God the Father about you? Again, David wasn't perfect, but he was willing to do whatever God asked him to do. You see, he was not only an ancestor of Christ in flesh, but he possessed many of the attitudes, many of the attributes that Christ would later perfect. And matter of fact, the ones who follow Christ, the ones that they try to follow as well. David, David, David's attitude was to be like his heavenly father. You see, in this study, we're going to consider, we're going to consider these attitudes that David had and see the similarities between them and Christ. And then I want to encourage you, I want to encourage us as Christians to have these same attitudes that we may be after God's own heart. David loved the Word of God. David loved the Word of God. Psalm 119.97, he says, Oh, how I love your law. And this psalm, it shows how much David loved the Word, and it showed what the Word did for him. In 119.11, it says it protected him from sin. 119.50 says it 
revives him in affliction. 119.165 says it gives him great peace of mind. So when David was writing and when he was reading Scripture, these are the things that he was thinking about. This is the relief. He was wanting relief from his afflictions. He was wanting protection from his sin. He was wanting peace of mind. You see, Jesus also loved the Word of God. We know that if we look at Scripture in the New Testament, how many times he quoted it. Good times, bad times, he quoted it. When he was being tempted, he quoted Scripture to Satan. Jesus loved the Word of God. Jesus loves the Word of God. How are we with the Word of God? Are we looking for the Word of God to guide our life? Are we hiding it in our hearts? Is it our source of comfort during times of affliction? Does it give us peace of mind? When we read Scripture, these are the things we need to be thinking about. We need to hide it in our heart. We know what to rely on, which is that Word of God. We need it when we're searching for peace, when things, when we're in turmoil, when we need peace, we need to, to do it. We, we need to read Scripture to find that peace where we can relax. You see, we need to learn to delight in the Word. We need to learn to meditate in the word, on the Word daily. And next, David loved to pray. David loved to pray. Psalm 116, 1 and 2 says that he will call upon him as long as he lives. In other words, David's going to call upon the Lord as long as he lives. His love for prayer was based on the fact that he knew he could rely on God for all his needs. It was based on the fact that God had greatly blessed him. It was based on the fact that prayer brought God closer to him. It brought him closer to God. That's why he loved to pray. If you remember, too, from when we look at the New Testament, Jesus loved to pray. Jesus loved to pray. He made a point to slip away and pray by himself, to communicate with his Father. At times of trial, Jesus prayed. In Gethsemane, he prayed. He prayed to the Father. Even when he was on the cross, even when he was on the cross, he was communicating with his Heavenly Father. He was asking his Heavenly Father to forgive the same folks who was torturing him. The same folks who were torturing him, he was already asking for forgiveness for them. And he asked the Father to commend his spirit before he took his last breath. So even in times of despair, Christ was praying to his Father. How's our prayer life? Are we praying? Are we praying when things are good? Are we praying when things are, are bad? Are we praying when we're being tempted? We need to find that source of peace through the Word of God and through prayer, just like David did. See, David instructs us to depend on prayer for our very preservation, for everything we need, for everything we need to exist, we need to depend on prayer. How is our prayer life? See, David also loved to praise God. If you read the Psalms, man, it is a book of praise. It's a book of prayer. It's a book of songs. It's a book of praise. Psalm 119, 164, David says, seven times a day I will praise you. You see, he praised God because he loved him. 
He praised God because God was great, is great and God is the perfect example of love, love and kindness. You see, he was determined to sing praises as long as he lived. You see, Jesus also loved to praise the Father. He also loved to praise the Father. He did this with song and lessons with the disciples. He did it through prayer, but he loved to praise the Father. I don't know what happened there. I got these big ears and these mouths. Um, but again, are we willing? Are we willing to praise God? Are we willing to praise God in our life? Are we willing to do it seven times a day? Do we delight in singing praises to our God, the same God who has saved us from our sins? Are we willing to praise Him in our daily lives? Do we take the time to praise God in our prayers? You see, David has words to encourage us in this activity. Psalm 147.1 says, It is becoming for those who profess to be children of God to praise their Heavenly Father. Are we willing to praise our Heavenly Father? You see, David also loved unity among brethren. He loved unity among his brothers. He loved unity among the folks that he worshipped with. Do we have that unity? Do we have that unity? Do we strive to find common ground on issues? Do we strive to be one body who rejoices with each other in Christ every day? You see, Jesus loved unity. He loved unity. He wanted his disciples to be in one accord. He wanted his disciples to love each other and, 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 and take the message of a risen Savior to the whole world. Are we willing to do that? Are we willing to unite to guarantee that the Word of God gets taken to everybody who needs it, which is everybody? Are we willing to do that? Are we willing to set aside differences, find common ground for the benefit of Jesus Christ? Sometimes, especially in, in, in today's world, instead of looking for common ground, sometimes we seem to look for differences. We want to find ways to disagree instead of ways to agree. Sometimes I think that, 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 that trying to find that common ground is sometimes seen a weakness, when in reality we need to work for, with each other, even people that we disagree with. If we love God, we can even work with people that we don't agree with every issue on in order to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not to be right, not to prove that somebody else is wrong, but in order to take the message of Jesus Christ to everywhere in the world. You see, that's what we're called to do. Do we love Christ enough to do this? You see, when you want to defeat something, the easiest way to defeat it is to split it. The easiest way to defeat any purpose is to cut it in half. We're really strong as a whole, but individually we're very weak. And if someone is trying to destroy us, the first thing they'll do is to make us recognize our differences.
where we go to our differences instead of our, our, our commonalities. You see, again, I, I quote this quite a bit because I just do. It's okay. But John 10.10 10 tells us that the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, but I come to give you life and give you more abundantly. In other words, the devil wants to see us split. He wants to weaken us. He wants to ruin our churches. He wants to ruin our personal lives. He wants to ruin our spiritual lives. Are not united, we're going to let him. Are we willing to put some differences aside to be able to take the message of Jesus Christ to everyone? You see, David also hated false ways. He hated false teachings. He hated hearing messages that were not from the Word of God. And you see, Jesus also despised this error in false ways. That's why he called out the Pharisees. He called out the money changers. He called them out because they had gotten distracted and weren't about the Word of God anymore. You see, Jesus despised his teachings. He despised anything that gets in the way of spreading the good news. You see, what's our attitude towards false ways? Where do we have our faith? Do we have our faith in Jesus Christ or do we have our faith in something of this world? Because I can tell you if we have our faith in Jesus Christ, we'll never be disappointed. But if we have our faith in something or someone of this world, guess what? We will be disappointed. We will be split. We will be disappointed. So we've got to keep our faith in Jesus. We've got to remember that He is the way to salvation. I want to remind you of the words that were said about David. He said, He's a man after God's own heart who will do all of my will. Are we willing to do the will of God? Are we willing to be the person after God's own heart? You see, God was confident that David would do all that God asked him. Can God be confident that you'll do all the work that he asks you? Can God be confident that, he'll do all, that I'll do all the work that he asks of me? You see, all the attributes that I've talked about David and then that Christ perfected is the attributes that we need to have. Life, that we need to have in order to do the things that Christ wants us to do. Because we're called to take this message to the world. And we've got to take this message to the world. Of, uh, there's going to be some people that don't agree with us. There's going to be some people that may not even like us. But we're still called to take that, the message of Jesus Christ to them. You see, because it, so it calls us relying on, on the Word of God. It calls us to be in constant prayer. It calls us to offer God praise. And it causes, it, 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 we have to be united in this. You see, because Jesus paid the ultimate price. He died for our sins. Are we willing to take that message to the world? Are we motivated to do all of God's will? Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for... Uh, 
for David. Lord, thank you, thank you for, for allowing him or giving him a, a message and a mission and for him delivering that, Lord. Although he was not a perfect man, we know that he was willing to do anything that you ask him. Father, thank you so much for Jesus Christ who perfected that mission. Lord, he took those attributes and perfected them. And he's our perfect example, Lord. I just pray that you make us willing to do all that you ask us, Lord. Again, I thank you for each person here. I thank you for this wonderful community and this wonderful church. In Jesus' name, amen.